Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for liftoff. Hey folks, welcome back to Liftoff by Bottle Rocket. My name is Tony Dosat. And I am Peter Clayman. Hey, Peter. What's up, Tony? I have some exciting news. Our guest this week is the strategic services lead at Airship. Airship, um, obviously, of course, was formerly known as Urban Airship. And um, it's a customer engagement platform uh, that creates deeper connections with customers by delivering incredibly relevant orchestrated messages on any channel. Boom, diggity. I'm, of course, speaking of Jenny Lewis. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thanks um, for coming on today and uh, hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's good to be here to chat. So I suppose for the audience, for myself, for Peter, for anyone, we should start with what is Airship exactly and what do you do exactly? Yeah, so Airship is a a customer engagement platform. Uh, We do do messaging across a lot of different channels, everything from push messaging to SMS and email and messages inside the app. Um, In addition to sending those out one channel at a time, we also have a way to orchestrate them. So you're able to communicate to a consumer, you know, based on whatever their channel preference is or whatever channel is maybe best for the moment. Can you give us one example of a project that Airship's done recently that people might know? Oh, so I'm thinking about which ones I could, uh, could, could share. Yeah, yeah, share with you guys. I can give you, uh, I can give you some, some non-branded examples. Industry, uh, yeah, love yeah. That. In, industry retailer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, you know, one, uh, one that we've been working on recently uh, is a, a welcome series for a media company. You know, trying to uh, work on um, engagement within the first week of download of the app. So that's that's been one where where we're trying to figure out what's the right timing, right messaging, right personalization. Um, so kind of tweaking content and timing within that welcome series. Um, we're also working on some orchestration for travel companies. Um, so for example, how do you communicate with a consumer between the time they book travel and then the day of travel? So a lot of, a lot of kind of uh, fun stuff there. With the travel one is in particular, we like to think about orchestration of, of the different channels, right? You don't want everything to be a push message because mm. you, not everything is a reason to like to interrupt. Um, so we, we definitely choose things beyond push in those scenarios. Interesting. So two questions. Why do welcome series matter? Like why does onboarding into a media company matter? I mean, you want to you want to catch the consumer while they are they're interested, right? You you, you have a really high risk of, of attrition or or somebody just deleting the app because if you've gotten that real estate of the app on the phone, somebody's taken the time to find you, they've taken the time to download, they're interested enough that they have taken up the real estate on their phone to engage with you, but you have to keep them there. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it's the stage. I think of it as the stage before you're starting to build loyalty. You have to almost like prove to them why, um, you know, they, they should keep you uh, on their phone. And then also there's so many options, right? Mm-hmm. So what's your differentiator as, especially when you think of media and entertainment, what's your differentiator between the bazillion other options out there that folks have to consume content? 
What is your favorite welcome series that you have experienced recently? Oh, Daily Harvest, hand, hands down. Um, Daily Harvest, uh, they they went through, in, so it was, and I, I picked that one because it was a bridge between app and email, which I loved, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't all one channel. And they knew once they got me in the app that they could, they could toggle back and forth between the two. And that, that's why I thought it was so smart. So it was, hey, you know, get excited. Everything's coming. You know, you've your first box is on the way and this is what it's going to look like. And then afterwards, they continued to check in and then wanted me to come back and rate things to see how, you know, it, how, did, how did it go during the first several boxes? When we think about, you know, you were excited just to talk about that. Yeah. A lot of products, companies organizations, their product, you know, how do I say this without being a little uh, tootie? Be a little tootie, Tony. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's have it, Tony. Come on. Okay. <laughs> when I think of something like this, you either have the annoying friend or you have the friend that you, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, you hear from them, it's great. So there's only so much you can do with a, a, a platform, if you would, like Airship, without the company behind it not being the annoying friend. You're, you are the, the vehicle for the great friend. So how, how do you uh, help those companies out that are the annoying friend? Yeah, you you want to look at that uh, like frequency and and content a hundred percent, right? Like you don't want to. There's there's not a reason that uh, that I need to hear from any brand really every single day, right? You know, yeah. when you think about messaging, you know, unless it's my bank and something is wrong, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, like in in that case, send send me a message on every single channel, call my phone. Like, yes, I want try every method you have to get to me because there's, there's an issue, right? In, in that case, I think it's, that, that's my one stand apart, but I don't, I don't need to hear from my favorite retail brand, you know, every day, even, you, even as much as it makes me want to, to shop. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. It's, it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. Do you find yourself ever in the position to, for example, some of these organizations or companies or products, or a square peg in a round hole where you have to help guide and influence them in that direction away from, yeah, but I really think if we do this, it equals dollars when that's not always the case. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an analytics person. So I think it, in, in that kind of case, I'd take it back to the, to the stats, right? What's the engagement rate on those messages? Do we have conversion rate? Can we prove that ROI or not? If we can't prove the ROI, how do we tie up with your CRM to be able to build that story or lack of a story and, and start to look at the, um, the analysis behind it, right? It, now, it may be that I, I find a lot of times there's there's brands that are well we've always done it that way um and and the having a conversation about well what would it look like if we did it differently right it, like what it so like the the i know it's a it's a very brene brown thing but the like the how do you like how do you break out of that we've always done it this way um it can kind of come up in those conversations frequently too i think a lot of our listeners might have a day-to-day reality that's in more of that 
laggard mindset that whereas mm. they're they're an innovator right they want to innovate but the organization they find themselves in is a little bit against this change they don't necessarily want to embrace the risk or they're not necessarily planning for a future that's predominantly digital what would be your advice to someone like that how do you overcome obstacles and and uh, you know help drive incremental improvements to drive digital maturity over time yeah i so i'd be curious to learn especially this year from some of those folks, what the last six months has looked like. You know, so finance brands, for example, who all, I mean, I, I remember in when I worked on email, if I worked on a financial customer, I actually had a separate machine that had like explicit VPNs and platform access. Like that's how locked down financial customers were, you know, let's say, let's say 10 years ago. But every, all of them are remote, all of like, you know, regulations are changing constantly, right? I think they've probably had to adapt at a rate that was, um, you know, extreme in, mm. in the last, um, in the last several months. Um, you know, Forrester did an interesting piece of work recently about um, CX adoption, where they have, it's, it's like a toolkit for some, if somebody in the exact situation you're describing, where they could take it and start to build an internal ROI use case uh, for for their own teams, and say, you know, here's how you can work individually through a project to then go and build a case for the rest of your company to to have a CX department. It was it's actually a really cool. Uh, it's it's like a package of of work that that folks can download and and work through. It's very cool. Something you said sparked a thought in me. Yes, Peter, it was painful. The thought, having thoughts. Is I was going to make fun of you, but you brand. beat me to the punch. <laughs> See, I got you. I got you before you hit me. Okay, we're having to evolve. We have to change the way people experience our brands. And we're seeing this in so many different industries and in so many different ways to where it used to be only the most cutting edge of companies would have some of these experiences. For example, the in-store pickup thing where yeah. it, there, were, there were a couple that were doing it. Some people participated in that experience, some didn't. Now it's like table stakes. Do you see other industries changing this way? And, and with the legacy thing. So with that, it's always worked this way. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing at least in some of the clients that we're working with, that legacy barrier is actually getting easier to put down and be more open because we're like, all right, we got to go full steam ahead because this type of thing happens again, we're sunk. So we have Mm -hmm. to innovate and we have to change and evolve and adapt. Absolutely. Because it's the, the choice was removed. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, but instead of it being something that was debated for a year, the, the choice the choice was removed and then we all found ourselves in a in a new situation right and 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 by removing that choice i think that folks have a tendency to kind of change where wherever they're at right so if if people like peter to your point if like folks are kind of in this wheel of this is how we've done it and we've been along this path and kind of going like it's it's easy to get um you know on that same pattern 
like continuously, right? But when you have this huge leap and massive shift in everything and the way that folks operate, like people, people, I think just naturally want to adapt to the place that that they are right like look at all of our home offices that we have set up you know like i like i see people with these really sweet office chairs that they have just like in their living room now and like every whatever it is like all those little things i think they've added up for us as individuals but then also all the brands are, are experiencing that same thing too since 2008 bottle rocket has been helping companies acquire more engage deeper and grow faster than their competitors Industry leaders like Southwest Airlines, Chick-fil-A, MoneyGram, and Frito-Lay trust Bottle Rocket to provide business strategy, product management, experience design, product growth, and technology services that drive business results and solve unmet customer needs. To learn more about Bottle Rocket and subscribe to the newsletter, visit BottleRocketStudios.com. Jenny, totally left field question. What is some new brand that you've recently been exposed to besides Daily Harvest that excited you? Um, so this is, this is a funny one. Hamama Greens. Have you? I don't know if you guys have seen this oh. at all. So it is a grow your own sprouts at home, like on your kitchen counter kit. And so their, their whole thing is you can first off from a nutrition perspective that the sprouts of things have like a, a super high density of nutrition. So by eating, you know, not that I, I hate broccoli, so I wouldn't eat, they use broccoli in their advertising, but I, I still bought anyway, even though I hate broccoli, but <laughs> broccoli sprouts have high as high a nutrition as like a whole florette of broccoli. So like you can get daikon radish sprouts or salad mix sprouts or like all sorts of all sorts of different flavors and it just grows it, it comes in this little like tiny palette and you grow it on your kitchen counter and it takes 10 days and then you have this whole thing of sprouts so you get the nutrition level but then also from an environmental perspective you're growing it in this tiny thing it's a it's a compostable like coconut um like the, the fuzzy bit of the, the outside of the coconut kind of shell that it grows in where it's, it seeps the water up through it. And then it, you, it just sprouts. And then you have, you have harvest day where you get to, you get to trim everything off. And, and it, so they, they got me with an Instagram ad, which I'm not embarrassed to admit. Many of my favorite brands have been, have been hooked by, by Instagram ads, but, um, yeah, so got that, but then that's actually another great onboarding experience is they don't have an app. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask why. Yeah, so first off, I just, it, it, they're actually like, they're delicious, right? And um, my partner loves sprouts and I saw it and I was like, oh, he's going to like, he's going to love this. Like, let me get this and like surprise him. And uh, so it worked from that side, but then their email onboarding series was amazing. So they kept sending like between the time I did the order and when the first package got here, like talking about the kit and what, what the growing process was going to look like and all this sort of preparatory educational content within the email welcome series. And then once they, they, they timed it. And this is the thing that was so crazy. It was like, how how they figured this out, I don't know. Because it, they must have something that knows like the point of delivery day, 
in, in the system. Mm. So knowing the day that it got delivered, that I was going to plant the, the little pallet that day in the, in the kit. And USPS then time, APIs. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And then, so they, they, they knew that like my like estimated day that I planted it. So then throughout the 10 days of the first little pallet that I had growing, it was, it was updates about, well, it's probably going to look like this today. It's going to look like that tomorrow. And, you know, like in this day, you're going to like peel back the layer to let the little sprouts pop up. And then right before the first harvest day, there was all this excitement about like Instagram videos that they've collected from UGC of people like doing their harvest and like snipping things up and like a little reel of, of all that content. It was amazing. How do we get companies and products, how do we get the people, okay, as excited about doing their taxes or viewing their mortgage amortization as Jenny is about sprouts on her countertop? That to me, if you can solve that, you win in any industry. That's a big yeah. question. And that assumes that you check your email. I think I have 13,000 <laughs> emails in my inbox. So I would die. No. I would oh my die, God. Peter. Oh no, don't. Well, I have so like 84 email addresses. I can't, I can't even visualize it, Peter. <laughs> I, 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 anybody who needs to email me, emails me on the encrypted email. So you know when, like, when it's going down, that's where that goes. But that's not my <laughs> Apple mail inbox. But you know what I'm saying here? How might we get people as engaged and excited about whatever XYZ product that is not sexy and exciting Let's pick something mm -hmm. not sexy and exciting. Okay. Let's talk about something real. What, what are all y'all's suggestions about something not exciting that most people in the oh. United States experience? Well, right now, checking on like COVID test results. Mm, yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> <I'm so> <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, swing and a miss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Jenny, you got one? Oh, I mean, yeah, taxes is a taxes is a good one. Um, I think anything like like budgeting and and like household logistical. Oh, making a grocery list. Let's like do that recipe. One. That one's recipe a good one. That's a good making one. Making a grocery list. I mean, if if there were a service for somebody to come and just like pick out a bunch of recipes and make me a grocery list, I would I that would be amazing. I don't know what it is about it. I just like, I, I hate doing that. It's the worst. And there's no, there's no solution right now in the marketplace that I could find because I have searched Jenny Lewis. My Tony, spouse I have and two. I, cause I'm like, okay, it's, it's gotta be something where we can share a list and it categorizes based on the food category. And it starts you with the non-refrigerated, non-freezer things. And at the end of the list is your freezer items. How Why easy would that be? Yeah. I know. So, so I even tried to build it in Todoist and to try to like, like connect it from a Google sheet to Todoist through Zapier to like, to try to simplify it. Cause it was like, there had, like, there has to be a way it is the worst. It is Jenny, like what you said, you know, so with this sprout thing. Yeah, do you eat sprouts, by the way, Tony? Peter, you've known me for about three years now. We're co-hosts. I do not have the body of a professional athlete or even someone moderately healthy. So sprout, sprouts are not on my, my um, list of things. I just assumed you eat everything. 
That was always my MO. Yeah. I didn't think that you didn't yeah, yeah, eat yeah. healthily. I just no, thought I'm you actually, ate everything. I'm actually very picky. Really? I'm like a child. Yeah. Huh. Huh. It makes Kenny, I'm a huge Sprouts believer with you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a huge divergence. Well, yeah. let's let's land the plane. <laughs> and uh, let's land the plane by talking about best practices. So what's the best practice for customer engagement? The the five Jenny Lewis lessons. Yeah. Oh, the five, the five Jenny Lewis lessons. My goodness. So, um, know who you're talking to, mm. right? Mm. No, uh, if you ask for my information, uh, and I give it to you, use it wisely, right? Don't, don't ask for my preferences and then not talk to me about my preferences. Uh, you know, if you, if you want me to, that's why I like the daily harvest thing is they asked for ratings and then they used those. To, to change what they showed me, right? It, as far as Trust. my recommendations. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, frequency. <laughs> frequency, okay. mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> it's been a big one for me lately. I think there's uh, maybe some panic emailing going on for, for holiday season. For I don't sure. know if you guys have had that in your uh, 13,000, if you have a moment, Peter. I, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know because it's, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll answer for you. It's there. I think those, those are my, those are my big ones. Those are, it's, that, um, that may or may not have been five, but I would say those are my big ones. Let me ask you this. We hear the word personalization all the time. Mm -hmm. How do you define personalization? Oh, that's a good question. So I, my car dealership knowing when I, I need to get a service done and then not just telling me when I need to get it done, but what I need to get done based on the type of vehicle that I have. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm. And going that so way, far as to schedule a time that you can just click to approve. Yeah. Okay. Let's not get yes. too fancy. Yeah. Got I it. mean, now you're talking crazy. Well, this has been a very fun chat for us. Now for the final question, what non-digital object or thing that you own or possess means the most to you? or has impacted your life the most and why? Oh, wow, non-digital at all. I, so I have to say, and I wish I, I wish it was in here so that I could show you. And it is the, the fiddle leaf fig that I've grown from being very small. So I, I got it when it was kind of like a short shrubby, like 18 inch tall little thing. And then now it's this huge five foot tall thing that I finally worked up the guts to cut and branch about four mm. months ago and have been panic watching it every day <laughs> to make sure that I didn't hurt it because I waited so long to actually cut it to branch it. It got like, it got too tall, but it's just, it's been, it's been with me now for like, for ages. It's the longest plant that stayed around. Like it's, it's grown and grown. I just, yeah, I just absolutely love it. People like are that. really into the plants, especially it, it, right now. Indoor well, plants, watching it grow. Something is actually, you know, living um, fruitfully in a time like this indoors. <laughs> I have a very funny yeah. story about this, Tony. So my college engineering thesis was building a small-scale hydroponics. It was aquaponics, which means fish are bred which poop, which feed the microbes, which turn it into things that feed the plants. So I built it in college and it was like in the window 
and it had grow lights next to it and the grow lights were on a timer and I got the cops called on me because they thought I was growing marijuana and they sure. came up and that was like, oh, you mean my tomatoes that I'm growing for my engineering project? But the problem is, you know, this was MVP, V1. And there were definitely some substantive breaks. And every time it broke, it flooded my roommate's bedroom. So I would hear this like at two in the morning when he went to go to the bathroom, he'd slip and fall as he walked into his bathroom. Oh, no. He'd be oh, like, no. Peter, your fish tank flooded my bedroom again. But I got to tell you, the thing that I learned from that project is there is a tremendous psychological benefit from watching something grow. So Jenny, I resonate all day. I was just going to say it makes your wellness much more manageable, at least for me, in my experience, being surrounded by plants. And I don't know if that's like way back to when we were paleolithic men and women just walked around and hunted and gathered and were always around nature, but there's something to it. I get it, Jenny. A hundred percent. It's like getting your hands in the dirt. And I think if I, I mean, if I lived in a place where I could, I could have a yard and, and a garden, I'd, I'd be like, like Weezer out there in the, with my big hat and my overalls <laughs> and, you know, like growing tomatoes, like a proper Southern woman. But I, yeah, I mean, this, I think my, my like apartment plants are the, the equivalent of that, you know? Jenny, thank you for having fun with us today. Thank you for your insights. And we can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much, guys. Good to chat with you. Appreciate you inviting me to join.